Hi, welcome to the Winners Find a Way show and podcast with your host, Trent M. Clark, three-time World Series coach, CEO of Leadershipity, serial entrepreneur, having started 12 companies, coach to the 1%, and an international speaker. This show is going to be your go-to podcast for facing adversity, being inspired, and overcoming obstacles, all from the best in the world, business, sports, and leadership. Need to hydrate but tired of plain old water? You need rebellious infusions. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system, and L-thionine for brain health. 10 organic flavors and convenient liquid packets. Just add 16 ounces and you are on your way. Rethink your drink at drinkrebellious.com. For 10% off your next purchase, use the code 99999. But that's an important point, too, because I always stress to folks that your reputation reigns supreme. That's why you don't lie. You don't cheat. You don't steal. You don't fudge. You do the right thing. And Jenner was so interesting because I said, tell me about the victory, 76 Montreal. And here's what he said. He went, I didn't win the gold in 76. And I look at him kind of quizzically and befuddled. I said, Bruce, it was 76 in Montreal. He says, Yeah, it was. But let me tell you what I mean. And here's what he tells me. He said, Jeff, in 1972 in Munich, I didn't win the gold. So I won the gold in 1972 when I lost by placing in my mind the fact that I, William Bruce Jenner, would be the next Olympic decathlete gold medal winner. And here's what he did. He took the pictures of gold, silver, bronze medalists. And he took his face, he cut it out and put his face on the face of the gold medal winner from 72. So he could visualize himself on the victor stand in 76. And he said, I won in 72 when I lost because I won in my mind. I believed in me, Jeff in Montreal. I didn't win the gold. I simply picked up a medal I had previously won. And that's the power of goal achievement. And he was kind enough to allow us to use that story and sent us photographs of him and his Olympic performance that we used actually in the 1995 video called How to Set and Really Achieve Your Goals that I created along with Jack Wilson from JWA Video. So Bruce, nothing but kind, nothing but gracious. And that story about vision is just absolutely remarkable. And that's why we reinforce to people visualizing success. Now, I did it as a baseball player and a softball player. You did it at a far different level. When you approach the plate, you always thought you're going to get a hit, correct? Correct. And you and I both know if you fail seven out of 10 times in this wonderful game that you and I love, by the way, this is one of my most prized possessions. This is my A2000 that I oh, had nice. since of high school. It's a high quality mitt right there. Yeah, so I absolutely love this club. Literally, this is one of my prized possessions. So steal anything in our home. Don't take my baseball glove. And when Cheryl and I lived in another community, Highland Park, before we moved to Glenview, Illinois, we got robbed. They left behind my A2000, so I'm still grateful for that. <laughs> nice. nice. So That's you the best part. Baseball. You've got actually a good story of a robbery, right? Like this is <laughs> this is my good story of a robbery. But you know, like, coming back to what, Bruce, you talk about this. Yeah. I mean, he's adopting 
your specificity to your success principle. Mm-hmm. I will be the Olympic decathlete champion mm-hmm. by or in 1976. Mm-hmm. And, and then he not only visualizes it, but you know, he cuts it out and probably sticks the picture up on his mirror. So every morning he comes to that and realizes I have a specific thing that I'm doing today that's going to lead to that exact picture. And I know where I'm going. And, and I think that's, you know, kind of the plane writing. I know where I'm going and I know when I'm going and I know what airline I'm going on, right? If I fall asleep in the airport or on a plane, I do still plan to wake up in San Diego at 2.32 p.m. this afternoon. Like, I mean, all those things are still going on because I trust the people around me, right? But right. I've made those goals. I've made those plans. Other people may be helping me execute those plans, which I think, is one of the most important parts of specificity that Jeff Blackman's talking about here, folks, is that big plans involve many people. And there were coaches, there were people around Bruce that were helping him become the decathlete champion and Olympic gold medalist. And all all those folks played a huge role, I'm sure, in his life, his parents and all these things driving him to the to the track and getting that done. But when you have a very specific goal, folks, You've got to tell people exactly what you want. And when Jeff Blackman comes in and he tells me what he wants, I'm I'm not his coach. I'm not his guy to help him develop, but I have a massive network in this world. And when Jeff tells me specifically what he wants, I'll be sitting at my breakfast table seven days from now. And I'll be like, I got to call this guy up and introduce Jeff Jeff Blackman, because I think this person can really help Jeff get to where he wants to go. And I don't, I don't work for Jeff. I'm not on his payroll, but because he's a friend of mine, I'm working for him because he told me exactly what he wants. And I've got something that can help. And I want to help people. And there are Tons of people around you that are going to do that. And Jeff Blackman, you would do the exact same thing for me, correct? Well, what's so interesting about that point is how you and I even met. So you and I met through a mutual friend, Larry Kaufman. Now, I've only known Larry for about a year and a half. And Larry, who's been interviewed by you, is the author of a terrific book, which I'm proud to have on my shelf. And it's called The NCG Factor. Yes. It's about N Network. C connect in G people assume it's grow. It's not, it's giving. And Larry Kaufman is one of the most giving guys that I know. And we've known each other briefly only for a year and a half. And we met through somebody else who we mutually knew in business. And I didn't know this until Larry and I started to chat is in the late 1990s, because of his professional services background, financial background, he actually worked at one time for my dad's accounting firm. Oh, really? That's awesome. Absolutely Small world, no right? Until he and I started to visit. So Larry has introduced me to people like you. So that's why I'm here because of Larry. I have now gotten business because of Larry. I have introduced Larry to people who have interviewed me. So he has now been a guest on podcasts through people that I know. And I've now introduced him to people who have booked him for speaking engagements. And that's part of the giving. And people who are really secure, people with high self-esteem, they're not protective and territorial and singularly narcissistic. They are focused on what can I do to help you? What can I do to give? And they don't have to necessarily have a quid pro quo. It's one of the few Latin terms that I remember from law school. And you and I both know it's tit for tat and exchange. Yeah. Yeah, I'll help you if you help me. Doesn't have to work that way, Trent. When you're giving, 
when you're altruistic and focused on truly what can I do and nothing has got to come back to me. And that's when an abundance ends up coming back to you. So it's always fun as an author to recommend other people's books. And I'm going to highly recommend the NCG factor to your listeners and your that's viewers. Awesome. And another one, another buddy of mine, fellow member of the National Speakers Association Hall of Fame. And I was there the night that he was inducted, which was in 2018. And I was inducted back in 2008. That's a guy by the name of Bob Berg. And Bob is just a really good dude. And he wrote a book not about being a go-getter. His book is called Be a Go-Giver. Mm-hmm. So you have an abundance flow toward you when you have an abundance that really flows out of you. And I tell people, don't be selfish, be selfless. Don't focus just on capitalism, focus on altruism and focus on not what you can get, but what you can give. And you and I both know, Trent, that when you do that, and then eventually, and even if there's no eventually, that's okay because you've done something that will best serve others. And I all the time say to people, okay, now that I know you're interested in that, I'll be more than happy to help you. If you send me your resume, I know who to send it to. And I send it. So I promise it, I do it. And it's remarkable how many people, as you and I both know, they don't take action. They don't follow up. That was their choice. Yep. That was their choice. And I want to allude to something you spoke of earlier. You spoke about trust. And I always stress to people in all aspects of your life, and this applies to you as a person and what's important to you. It applies to relationships with prospects, customers, and clients, spouse, partner, significant other. When trust is high, fear is low. When trust is high, fear is low. So everything in your life should be done to drive high levels of trust that automatically reduces and eliminates fear from others when it comes to working and dealing with you. It's powerful. What's the name of your dad's firm? So dad's firm was Blackman Calic. Then it became Blackman Calic Bartlestein. And they eventually, dad retired at the age of 65. That was required by the bylaws. And the reason they did that is young people would say, well, wait a minute. If these old folks are still here, There's no room for me to become a partner. So the bylaws actually required partners to retire at 65. And I thought that was actually a good rule, so to speak. But eventually, Blackman, Calic, Bartlestein was gobbled up by Plant Moran. So if you did a search of Plant Moran, you'd find the Chicago office. And the Chicago office of Plant Moran is what used to be Blackman Calic or Blackman Calic Bartlestein. My former business partner worked for Blackman Calic. Are you wait? Are you? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. So that's a whole nother thing. All right. So let's talk a little bit more about your dad, though, because the show's about winners find a way. And and I love the quote from the book of the Four Disciplines of Execution, which by Chris McChesney and Covey's son, Stephen Covey's son, and. It says winners, when shown data that they are losing, find a way to win. Mm -hmm. And I want to have you kind of walk me back through this. Like you've been through some trials. I mean, even as a kid, when you started out, there's a couple things that I want you to talk about. Was there a time that you knew like, hey, this is what I want to do. And and there was a challenge around that. Take me back to the early years and one of the first challenges of things you had to overcome and how that and how that came about. Well, one of the early challenges when I realized that I would have a real tough time that I mentioned to you before we started is hitting a low inside fastball. 
So <laughs> that low inside fastball, I really couldn't turn on. I was a pretty good baseball player, but I had a tough time with that low inside fastball. But I think really what you're alluding to is based upon the book. And this is a story that I'll often tell when I'm speaking, depending upon the group and whether it's a keynote or whether we're in a coaching result session, workshop, long-term learning system, I'll tell this story because it really shows vulnerability. So people often draw an assumption, and I stress to people, you need to confirm expectations in life and eliminate assumptions. They draw an assumption, oh, it is so easy for you to speak. You are trained as an attorney. You wanted to be a lawyer and a litigator, which you did become. In addition to that, you've got radio and television experience. How blessed were you that you were born with this gift? So the story that you're alluding to in bullseye is the story about my favorite redhead. So when I was a little guy in first grade, my teacher was Donna Northrup. And Miss Northrup asked everyone individually to stand and pronounce certain words. And so the words she asked me to pronounce were listen and rabbit. So I stood Trent and the best of my ability, I said those two words and I said, listen and wabbit because I was a pretty confident guy at a really young age. I said, listen and wab it. And everybody laughed. Yeah, Elmer And I liked when people laughed because that meant that I was funny. So that was important to me at a young age, but I went, well, why are they laughing? So I said those words again, even louder. I said, listen and wab it. And they laughed again. So I went home tired and depressed and frustrated. And I said to my parents, my teacher, Miss Northrop, she's crazy. She claims I need speech collection lessons. Can you believe her? She is wrong. So that little guy, and obviously I know him wheel, wheel well, because it's me. He worked really hard on his Oz and L's for two and a half to three years until eventually he could enunciate and articulate and communicate. And I let people know he eventually grew up to become a Hall of Fame speaker and a best-selling author and an attorney and a TV and radio broadcaster. <laughs> so I tell that story, Trent, so people realize the only way that I could get good at this is that it wasn't a gift. I wasn't born with this skill. I was born with an impediment. So I now had a choice. And one of the great choices that I was able to make is I had a supporter and a believer in me, and that was Donna Northrup. And Donna believed in me. And so that's why she encouraged me because I didn't want to do it. Three years, speech correction lessons. As it turned out, my best mate, my best buddy since I was a little guy, Mark Liss. So Mark and I would cross the campus because the three schools that were part of Lincolnwood, which is where I grew up. And Lincolnwood is a northern suburb of Chicago. It's literally Chicago border, the next suburb north, Lincolnwood. So that's where I grew up. And Mark and I would cross from Todd Hall and we would walk across campus to Rutledge Hall for three years for speech correction lessons. I couldn't pronounce my R's and L's. He couldn't pronounce his SH's and his CH's. So we'd be playing wiffle ball in the backyard. And he'd say to me, you're cheating. That was a strike. And I'd say, I wasn't cheating. It was a strike. So the two of us would have this ridiculous conversation that we could understand. And it turned out I make my living as a professional speaker. He is a lawyer who litigates. 
Oh, that's great. And he does all of my intellectual property work. So Marky has been my best mate since the age of five, but neither one of us had the ability to really do it well. And so obstacles are a choice. And how badly you want something will influence what am I willing to do to overcome the obstacle, to surmount it, to bust through it, go around it, go over it. And you and I both know, especially baseball, it is an incredibly hard game. As we alluded to earlier, if you can be successful only three out of 10 times, 30%, you're going to make tens of millions of dollars annually. Imagine if you're only successful 30% of the time. In business, oh, you're fired, right? might you're fired. Be okay, or you <laughs> might be getting your butt kicked to the street. Yeah, let's talk about that. You're a Northsider, so you're obviously a Cubs fan. That is Ernie Banks over my shoulder. Yeah. So a client actually gave that to me when he found out that I was a Cub nut. So I've been a Cub nut since I was a kid, and we go to Cub games on a regular basis. And I went to Cub fantasy camp at the age of 35. So my wife gave that to me as a 35th birthday present. So I had a chance to go to Cup Fantasy Camp and hang out with really my childhood idols. Folks like Glenn Becker, Ron Santo, Don Kessinger, Fergie Jenkins was there. Joe Pepitone actually showed up. Joe Pepitone actually would continually rib Jimmy Parasol, who was also there every day. So they had their shtick in the locker room. Yes. And so Parasol would drive Pepitone nuts. Pepitone would drive Parasol nuts. And then at one point, early morning before we hit the field, Parasol leans over and says to Pepitone, hey, at least I got my real hair. And he pulls Pepitone's wig off his head in front of everybody <laughs> in the locker room. Yeah, the baseball guys are just notorious for it, right? They're just <laughs> relentless too, by the way. Let's kind of spin to the struggle with change. You know, mm. when you talk about going through challenges, you got to change something. I mean, you're talking about three years of speech therapy. Like, man, this is not, you don't know that maybe at the time. It's kind of like, hey, I'm going to get some braces on. Maybe they'll be on for a week. Like, and then they're like, oh, no, no, no. We're going to have these things on like two years, right? And so it's, we don't know probably what we're in for all the time, but we do know that something's not good and right and it needs to change. And there's a struggle in that because, you know, not everybody loves change. And I always use the example of, you know, people always tell me like, you know, hey, we don't really want to change. And I'm like, oh, really? Here's an iPhone 3. Anybody want it? Because, you know, if I got a new iPhone 14, I bet, you know, you'll take it, right? (laughs) Like, well, I'll take that change, right? Because you know, it's going to be better. You know, it's going to be more powerful. I mean, the difference of an iPhone 14 Pro now to an iPhone 4 is not close, right? And in fact, most of the apps won't work on an iPhone 4. I don't know if it'll work at all. And the technology's changed. But talk to me about the real struggle with change. How do you see that, Jeff? Well, when it comes to change, because it's a topic that I speak on, it's a topic that I write on, and I talk to clients about it all the time and whatever their business happens to be, as well as individuals. So change, and we can call it change, or we can call it improvement, enhancement, or upgrade. What it really requires, though, is a shift in your belief system. First, you've got to accept that there is a need to make that improvement, enhancement, or upgrade. And with clients from a corporate level, it can be any size business. It does not matter whether we're talking about an entrepreneur or talking about someone who's a Fortune 500 company. And I've worked with all of those and everything in between is from a corporate perspective, from an entrepreneurial perspective, you need to ask yourself a series of questions, which are, do I choose to innovate? Do I choose to imitate? Or do I choose to vegetate? And if you choose the latter, you don't want to do what one of my Chicago clients suggests, and that is abdicate. 
I always tell people, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got or less. And I urge them not to embrace what I call Trent the Wizard of Oz philosophy, which means no heart, no brain, no courage. Change requires courage because you are entering the unknown. I've got a dear friend, Frank Bucero, and Frank is a business societal ethicist. And he's got a wonderful line about business and life, and that is trust the mystery. Because we have no assurance as to what's going to happen later today, tomorrow, next week. We don't have a crystal ball. So we're blessed with now. And that's why now is so important. And when it comes to change, I often ask people, okay, what are you willing to do without to achieve your goal? What are you willing to do to achieve your goal? What are you willing to do in terms of time, commitment, energy, and then we break it down first in terms of what your belief system is going to be. I get a lot of people tell me the reasons why they can't achieve something. And I go, is this important to you? And they go, yeah, it's something I'd really like to do. Okay. So let's remove the like and replace it with, this is something I will do. So you think of the positive and the affirmative. And one of the things we often urge people to do is to get out of the box. Now, when I was working in the late nineties in the early twos with bank one, and that was B-A-N-C one, a division of bank one before they came to Chicago, they were based out of Columbus. So they had me on a retainer basis for several years, Trent. And one of their leaders, a guy by the name of Don Winkler, and Don at the time was the CEO of multiple companies within Bank One. And he taught me because he was trained as an engineer about getting out of the box. Now people hear about that, but it's drivel because no one defines what the box is. But the box has really got six sides. It's not four, it's six. It's things like opinions assumptions, beliefs, attitudes, rules, regulations, policies. And I really dig into that in the pages of Peak Your Profits, the fifth edition. So those are the six sides of the box. And that places constraints on us. It restricts us. Now, here's the key, though, is how do you convert the CVS, that's the current view of the situation, into the BVS, which is the better view of the situation? So you can take a look at your life, either professionally or personally, and say, well, okay, that's the current view, but how do I shift my mindset and how do I shift it easily? And it can be done easily with three words. Are you ready? I'll give you an example. So I'll say a series of statements and all that I want you to respond with is up till now. So when I do this in a group, I I might have 15 or I could have 1,500 and I rattle off the following. And when I raise my hands like this, just respond with up till now. That's not the way we do things here. Up till now. There's no time for that. Up till now. That's not going to work in our culture. Up till now. I just don't have time to make that happen. Up till now. Who's got time to read? Up till now. Three words. And it's transformative if you allow it to be transformative. And I tell folks, it can turn a breakdown to a breakthrough. It can turn garbage to gold. And I've got clients who tell me, and I just had a client that we worked a couple of years ago. And she sent me an email literally in the past 48 hours. She said, Jeff, these are the things that you shared with us that I still apply every day in my life, personal and professional. And one of them is CVS to BVS and up till now, because it totally transforms quickly your thought process. But then the key is what's the next step 
What's the action you'll take? You got to go from belief to action. Yeah, we got to check out your results report that you've done. That's a big deal that you've done on some very influential people and people should definitely check that out. Jeff, tell people where they can find you real quick before we do a quick review. So I'm a real easy guy to find. The easiest thing to do is just to head to our website, which is jeffblackman.com. So that's J-E-F-F-B-L-A-C-K-M-A-N.com. You can also find me on Facebook, both with a personal page as well as professional page, Twitter, but especially LinkedIn. So I linked in on a regular basis in terms of text messages, video messages, ongoing thoughts and ideas or articles. So LinkedIn is a terrific place for us to be able to connect. So I would encourage people to send me a connection request and let me know that, hey, we met because of Trent and that way I can respond to that specifically. And there's something else I can do for your listeners and viewers that might really help them, Trent, if that's cool. Okay. So we've discussed the importance of really asking questions of oneself And it's also important to ask questions of prospects and customers and clients to get them involved to create great engagements. Questions like, how will we measure success? What will we value the most in our relationship? What's the risk of doing nothing? What are some of the challenges that are impacting you? So we've got a whole series of questions, but we've actually got something called the Sweet 16. And the Sweet 16 is a jumpstart for folks to use with either current customers or clients to deepen strengthen the relationship or to develop relationships with prospects will eventually become customers and clients. So really simple. If folks would like to get the sweet 16, send an email to Cheryl, that's S-H-E-R-Y-L, one more time, Cheryl, S-H-E-R-Y-L, at jeffblackman.com, Cheryl at jeffblackman.com. In the subject, all you need to do to put in the subject is Sweet 16 Trent Rocks. (laughs) So you put in Sweet 16 Trent Rocks. We know exactly what that means. Cheryl will then send you the Sweet 16. And then in addition to that, we'll add your email to the results report, which is our ongoing easy. And I write that trend about four to six times a year. So we're not inundating you every day, but four to six times a year. And I interview people. In addition to that, I answer questions and folks say, hey, not only is it educational, but it's inspirational. And it's funny because we've all actually got something called Coffee Break for the Mind, in which I feature things that are personal to my family or funny experiences from speaking or on the road. So that's what the results report is all about. And that goes to about 10,000 folks now in 58 countries. It's awesome. Jeff, just a Really valuable. Great gift for our audience, by the way. I'm going to jump on, by the way, and I'm going to make sure I get my Sweet 16. And I'm also going to run out and get Peak Your Profits and Bullseye, the, both books and, of course, your new bestseller in Bullseye. I think a couple great recommendations from Bob Berg on Go-Giver and Larry Kaufman's NCG, which is great fabulous. Books. And then some just great stuff like, you know, confirm expectations and eliminate assumptions. Man, you just talk, talked some great stuff today about breakdown to breakthrough up till now was really powerful. CVS to BVS, current to better. I think that's so important. And then one of the, the strategic, the fastest strategic, the three questions, where are you now? Where would you like to be? And how do you want to get there? So critical. 
And I like this quote, when trust is high, fear is low. Mm-hmm. You know, as I, as I thought about having you on the show today, Jeff, and the impact you've had on so many people, I pulled this quote uh, that really inspired me from Anne Frank. Everyone has inside of him a piece of good news. The good news is that you don't know how great you can be, mm-hmm. how much you can love, what you can accomplish and what your potential is. And man, I think like, man, when I kind of was diving into your stuff, you've really shown people how to do that in your life. And I'm really grateful for that, Jeff, and grateful for you being here today. So thank you so much for everybody. Thank you for joining us on the Winners Find A Way show every Friday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern on LinkedIn Live, YouTube Live, and Facebook Live. And check us out on all of our podcasting networks and any of your favorite podcasting network, you can download it. Look for the show here with Jeff Blackman. Jeff, thanks so much for joining. Rebellious Infusions are organic flavored water enhancers. Rebellious provides clean, focused energy in liquid packets. Just tear the corner of the packet and pour 16 ounces of water. Rebellious Infusions have no sugar, no calories, and up to 300 milligrams of antioxidants and loads of L-thionine for brain health. Rethink your drink at drinkrebellious.com. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Do you want to be our next guest? Or do you have inspiring stories to share? Or do you love to inspire, support, and empower thought leaders? Feel free to send Trent a direct message on Instagram or Facebook at Leadershipity.